Mac Power Users, episode 719, the 2023 MPU Gift Guide. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Stephen Hackett. How are you today, Stephen? I'm good, David. I'm in the holiday spirit, you know? Yeah, me too, buddy. Me too. I've got my uh, my Yule playlist going. In fact, I'm going to put a link for that in the show notes. I have a great playlist of jazz-related Christmas music. If you like that, you can check it out. It's my most subscribed-to playlist. People, people check it out every year. I'm always updating it. Um, so I haven't done this year's update yet, but I will go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of really old music in there. Man, some of that old Ella Fitzgerald Christmas music. Oh, boy, that's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there's always some new stuff, too, and uh, I'll put that in. I think I've even got a couple of my songs in there where I nice. recorded. Like I always, I never liked Drummer Boy for something. That song always seemed boring to me, so I made a cool version with the Garage Band and my my piano and my little electronic sax a few cool. years ago. I think yeah, it's in there. Uh, but but yeah, uh, so I'm ready for the holidays. And every year we do the MPU gift guide. It's so fun. Uh, as we work on the outline, I worry that's like, wow, is this just like stuff I want to buy for myself? Um, but you know, sometimes. we're all nerds here. Yeah. Sometimes that is part of it. Definitely. Like there's one on the list you have, I have definite questions about, but the, um, <laughs> I, I do feel like it's fun to do this. And, uh, I, I have a motivation going into this. I, I try to mix up the picks for stuff that us nerds listening to MPU might like, but I also kind of like to add some tech related stuff that you may want to buy for your less techie inclined family members that they may not have yet, but maybe a good gift for them. And uh, you guys will have to tell us how we did, but uh, we like doing this and uh, it's fun every year. Uh, Steven and I really kind of enjoy setting up the outline. There's always kind of a race to the outline, right? This year, Steven got there first. I'm like, damn, he got some of the good ones. Now I got to find some <laughs> other stuff, but, but it's fun. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's how it goes sometimes, right? It's uh, we work together, but also we work, <laughs> you know, there's a competition sometimes. Yeah, sometimes just a little bit, right? Um, before we get started, a uh, preliminary announcement. Uh, uh, Stephen is not the only MPU host selling calendars. <laughs> um, uh, for like four or five years now, I've lost track. Mike Schmitz and I were at the Focus Podcast have been doing a very different calendar from Stephen's. I mean, Stephen's is cool and it's got nice pictures. Ours is a planning calendar because on Focus, we're serious. And it's just a uh, it's just a big poster you put on your wall. It's got all the days of the year on it. Um, we, we evolved it over years uh, we we're, we've been working with the guys over at new year calendar, which make, what we thought were kind of the best wall calendars and they were agreeable enough to help us make a focused one. It's got the little glasses from the focus logo. It says life's about more than cranking widgets. And it's got like some, some little check circles on it. So like, if you want to do the Jerry Seinfeld thing where you write a joke a day, you can fill it in or you can, you know, they're dry erase. So you can dry erase them i use mine in my office or studio now fancy sparky uh Mm -hmm. to to indicate all the big obligations of the year so when the family comes in they want me to do something they can look at it to see if i'm busy or not and when people call me and say hey will you come speak at this thing and i'll look at that calendar i'm like oh no i can't i'm super busy so i use it as a uh, as a method to getting to know but but i like it and it's fun and uh, a bit power tip would be even those dry erase, get wet erase markers on it, like fine ones, and then it, you're golden at that point. But yeah, they're on sale now. Uh, go check it out. We've got a link in the show notes if you want a wall calendar. I think it could work right alongside your calendar, Stephen. Frankly. Oh, yeah. You know, just kind of scratches a different itch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love, I love the way it looks. Um, it is super cool. 
Yeah, Mike Schmitz worked really hard on the design. Um, he gets he gets the majority of the credit. I had think like I said like um, Sunday as the first day of the week is a non-starter. Like I had like demands and they mm. were so it's a Monday calendar. Uh, there the months go right into each other. There's no gap. So yep. everything that was like one of my demands. Like and then I wanted it to indicate quarters. So if you look at it, they're shaded in a way you can see the quarter. So I had a couple like things I really wanted, and then Mike did all the hard work after that. But yeah, it came out good. It is good. Uh, today on More Power Users, Steve and I are going to be talking about multi-monitors. I had a little ex- um, experiment I ran, and I want to talk about that. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I got, thing- I got things to say to you about that. <laughs> yeah, well, you got pictures, and you got text. You, you were part of the whole journey. So oh, we're going to... Yeah. If you're not familiar, More Power Users is the ad-free extended version of the show. You can sign up for that over at relay.fm slash MPU. We'd love to have you join. Um, but let's get rolling with the gift guide for the year 2023. Um, we've got categories this year. Sometimes we've done this kind of scattershot. We got a little more organized this year. And we wanted to talk about uh, different categories of stuff you might want to buy for other folks or put on your list. And the first thing I wanted to talk about is, and this is a super boring one, but guys, it's the Mac power users. This is the year of the USB-C cable, right? It is. This is it. This is the year that the lightning cable start getting, you start giving them away and you start getting serious about your USB-C lifetime. And um, uh, so this is a great year to get cables. I think this is one of those to me, that's a good gift for other people. Uh, as they get upgraded to the new phones. And like, if you've got a significant other that got the new iPhone, you know, give him or her a collection of USB-C cables where they don't have to worry about it. And uh, the ones I would recommend are the anchor cables. I haven't studied all of the other ones out there. I have bought a couple this year from Cable Matters as well that I thought were good. Um, And these are both brands that are available on Amazon. But as boring as it sounds, get some nice braided USB-C cables for folks this year. And um, and I think that's a good gift. I mean, I, I'm going to mix that with another pick because I think they kind of go together is I think something you could really do for uh, friends, family, spouses, children this year as a nerd is you could set up a proper charging station for them. Um, and I think that would be an excellent gift. I did that for my wife last year. I got her the studio neat, um, the wooden dock for the bed. Yeah. I got her all the pucks. Um, I got her all the proper cables. And now when she goes to bed at night, she can charge her watch. She can charge her phone. She can charge her AirPods. And she told me randomly, like, um, because, you know, after we did the last show, I said, oh, yeah, we had the studio neat guys on. And she's like, oh, you know, I really love that gift you gave me last year, that that dock. You know, and it's like, oh, I made my wife happy, right? You know, mm-hmm. and. I think that's a that's a nice gift for someone, you know. Not only get them the cables, get them the dock, set it up for them so they don't have to monkey with it. You know, with the with this these charging pucks that Apple sells are great, but you often have to thread them into the dock. We're nerds, we can do that. That's no problem for us. You know, get them set up. You know, that'd be a nice gift. Yeah, and there there's so many options out there. So if you have an aesthetic that you're after, uh, it's easy to yeah. find one. I like the material yeah. dock as well. It works with both my desk and my nightside table. And uh, I did this a couple of years ago. I've been using the material dock for years and uh, got married one too. And now we have like the same one. So we can each put a phone or AirPods case and the Apple watch. And it's just 
super easy. And yeah, there's loads of options. Uh, the 12 South stuff looks really good. Belkin has a lot of options. Nomad. I mean, all of these companies, right, that make Apple accessories, they're all in the charging game. So you can find something that works for you for sure. Yeah, but that'd be a nice gift. Absolutely. I've got one that surprised even me. So the AirPods Pro, you know, has the new case and it has that little lanyard spot on it. And I'm not really a lanyard person. You you don't strike me as a lanyard guy. No, I mean, like, you know, I have a camera strap for my camera when I'm walking around with it, but I'm not, I'm just not a lanyard person normally. I don't have my keys on a lanyard, right? They just go in my pocket. But AirPods Pro, the case really benefits from a lanyard. I'm not even going to put a link in the show notes because there's a billion random ones on Amazon. I got a red one. And what's nice about it is it makes your AirPod case way more visible. You know, if you put it on your, if you're like me, you don't always put your AirPod case in the same place every day. I know I should, but I don't. Sometimes it's in the kitchen. Sometimes it's on my nightstand. Sometimes it's on my desk. And having a bright red six inch lanyard on it makes it way easier to spot. And so I've had that on mine since I got it. And uh, it was like a dollar, but it's super awesome. Makes it much more visible. And if you're in a household, maybe with more than one set of AirPods Pro, right? Maybe you upgraded and your kid or somebody else has your old ones. You can put different color lanyards on it. You know, if you're not a sticker person, right? Some people are sticker people and they'll put, you know, a sticker on their AirPods case. But if you're not, it's a good way to also identify multiple cases in your household. You know what you know what else you can do, Stephen? You could print out a custom AirPods Pro case with your Gridfinity. You could do that. Oh, oh, got it. So you have a, a place, so it, it goes there every time. Snaps into my Gridfinity, baby. And then on the back, it's a, it's a two-by-two two grid, and it's got a perfectly sized AirPods Pro hole in it. Yeah. Just saying, if you need a place to put your AirPods. And your AirPods Pro case, are you an engraving fan? Are you an engraving fan generally, like your Apple Pencil or your iPods um, or iPads or anything? Sometimes, sometimes. It just depends. Like my AirPods Pro say, go Sparky, exclamation point on them. I don't know. This made me kind of happy to write that. I don't do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, especially, like, I've never done it to, like, like, like iPads and Macs. I don't know if you can do it to a Mac. But I, I've never done it to, like, the the actual hardware, but the accessories sometimes seem to find engraving when I order them. I don't think I've ever done it. Even back in like the iPod days, it, it just felt like a big commitment. And I'm a guy, I'm a guy with a bunch of tattoos, right? But engraving yeah. an AirPods case, too far. Can't do that. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm just the opposite. So anyway, but the, uh, yeah, I'm good. I like the AirPods. I know I'm going to use them for their entire lifespan. Like, right. Uh, or uh, worst case to worst, my kids like take them from me and then they get my branding on it. So mm-hmm. tough luck, you know, but the, uh, but like the iPads, I'm going to probably sell it someday. And I, so like stuff like that, I don't engrave, but yeah, I get it. But either way, so I made a little gridfinity case for it, but I think a lanyard's a good idea too. And again, like this is a good one. If you've got family members who sometimes lose things, you know, why not give them a nice, nice little lanyard for it? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. This is also the year, in addition to the year of USB-C, this is the year that that SSDs got a lot less expensive. And, uh, you know, they were really up there. Um, but now they're not so bad, right? You know, I was just looking, you can get a two terabyte 
Samsung SSD now for 135 bucks. Mm-hmm. And that used to be a lot more money. And it's also true with some of the internal ones. And, it, you know, you got to kind of watch Amazon. They go up and down. But yeah. if you want to put an SSD as your backup drive or, you know, you want to get a nice big external one to add to your system, it's not crazy anymore. You know, the I, at one point there was a deal this year. I got a, an eight gigabyte one that serves as my time machine backup. And it, it didn't break the bank, not nearly the way my my studio display memory <laughs> broke the bank. So, you know, you just keep an eye on them, but it's not, it's not insane anymore. And that, I really feel like that's just been probably the last 10 months that that's happened. Yeah. We spoke about it on a more power users, maybe over the summer, I think when I yeah. rebuilt my little like media Mac mini with Plex and iTunes and a bunch yeah. of stuff. And that was the last place I had spinning drives anywhere in the house. I still was spinning drives for my offsite backups, but because they've come down so much in price, I was able to basically rebuild that setup with SSD and it, it didn't break the bank. And it, it is so nice. I mean, if you're, if you're on any sort of modern Mac, you're probably booting from an SSD at this point, unless you have a fusion drive, but things like time machine and overnight backups, it's so much faster on SSD and it's silent and it is more reliable. Yes. Everything will fail eventually, but there ain't no spinning yeah. parts in an SSD. You know, it's, it's just all solid state. And, uh, it's such a, a quality of life improvement to be all SSD. And now really is the time. It, it, I feel like we've, we have finally, we talked about this for a decade. It's finally turned the corner. I feel like where almost anyone who wants to can start, you know, migrating off of hard drives. There's still places for hard drives, right? If you're running a big Synology with 18 drives in it, hard drives are great for that. But when we're talking about backup drives, you know, secondary drives, maybe your photo library is on it, or you have files on it that don't fit on your laptop. SSD is here. It is time. Uh, then the future is wonderful. Yeah. I've got for my offsite, I've got two eight terabyte SSDs that are spinning drives. And I, I rotate them like I've got one with a friend and then every month I swap them, you know, back the other one up and switch it out. And now I'm looking, you can get an eight terabyte today, Samsung internal 344 bucks. That used to be like six or $700 like a year ago. I mean, so they, they're a lot less expensive now. I, I, I can't guarantee you that by the next gift guide, those spinning drives will still be in operation. I mean, they're already about three years old. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's a perfect excuse, right, to switch that SSD to. Yeah, but not yet. But I I feel like um, if you're looking to get uh, some some uh, convert your external storage from spinning to SSD, it makes sense now. So that that's a good gift to ask from somebody. I'm not sure you buy it for your spouse. Like if I went to Daisy, hey, Merry Christmas. Here's an eight terabyte internal SSD. I would, you know, I don't know. I might have to pull it out of a body part later. Yeah, that's a thing where you just quietly update it one weekend when they're out of town and never yeah. mention it, right? They'll never notice, but you'll know uh, that they're in uh, they're in much better shape. Do you do, do you do Mary's backup, like her time machine backup for her? Uh, I do. So, um She's got a MacBook Pro and she backs up the yeah. time machine just to one of these Samsung T7s. 
And she's yeah. pretty good about plugging it in every couple of weeks. But about once a month, I'll just kind of like quietly go get it and plug it in. And there's usually a software update or something else to do on it. Because um, yeah. she just, it's just not her thing to worry about that sort of stuff. Yeah. Daisy had, I was working on her computer and said, it has been 432 days since your last backup. I'm like, huh. Oh, boy. So I went and got her backup drive and I did it for her. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm backing up your computer for her. She's like, well, I do it. You don't need to worry about it. I take care of that. And I'm like, yeah, I know you do, yeah. but I'm going to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. You don't say, yeah, you haven't done it since last June. You know, keep, keep yeah, that to you yourself. That. <laughs> and, no. <laughs> uh, and, and that's also where the, uh, the whole, you know, network time machine comes into. I have that set up for the couple of MacBook Airs that are floating around that kids, our kids do yeah. homework and schoolwork on. But yeah. with Mary's, you know, she's got a lot of data. She's got a, I think there's a, I think she has a four terabyte SSD in her MacBook Pro because it's my old one. And uh, most of that is photos. And of course, that's all in iCloud photo library. But as we've spoken about at length on the show over the years, you still want that backed up. Um, and so I didn't want to push that much data across the network. And I was like, you know, I can, I can plug it in every once in a while. And um, I think it was another more power users actually where I talked about the charging box I built with like, all the all the laptops in the family except for mine and the iPads in the family except for mine get charged yeah. it's in a cabinet under the TV and that's where her time machine drive sits just there with the little USB-C cable on top of it so it's kind of all there together she sees it she remembers but yeah sometimes you know next time your partner or your or whoever is is out of the house or if you go visit your parents you know for a holiday just uh just check in on their backups that's all we're saying yeah, and uh, and if you want to be really fancy, get them an SSD. Mm-hmm. But don't give it to them as a gift. Nope, just, hey, I'm, I'm just going to take care of this that. for you. I don't want to be cited in the divorce papers. Just <laughs> just, just, do it. So the, the year of USB-C also counts towards these portable batteries because, A, you don't want to charge with micro USB anymore, uh, but also they can deliver things like power delivery, so really fast charging on devices that support it. And um, the one that I've got is one that we've talked about before, but every time I use it, I just really love it. And it's it's an Anchor product. It's the 733. And what this is, is it plugs into the wall, but it also has a battery in it. So you can use it for... Uh, a battery bank or is like a multi-charger and it, it does the smart thing where like it charges your device and the battery. It does 65 watt fast charging. Um, it's really sweet because it's kind of the best of both worlds. And I, uh, my, my trick with this, and I've talked about this before too, but it goes for a lot of these things that like the multi-charger that goes into the wall or uh, some battery banks that plug directly into a wall. Sometimes there's not room for that thing. Like this thing's probably two and a half inches deep. Like you can't put it behind a bed in a hotel. So I also yeah. carry this little like six inch short extension cord with a swivel head on it. So I can plug this in and sit it on a nightstand or something. Um, every time I travel, this goes in my bag and I keep the cables that go with it with it. So there's two USB-C cables. And I think I have a USB-A to lightning on there because I'm still using the old AirPods uh, that use lightning. And it's uh, it's fantastic because it's just all together. And if I'm in an airport and need to top something up, it's also a battery bank. So it's kind of two in one. I think you turned me onto this a couple of years ago, and I've I've sent this yeah. link to so many people over the, over the last year or two. 
because it is awesome. Yeah, this is the winner. This is the one. Like, if you're going to get one, this is, I bought one. As soon as I got one for myself, I immediately ordered a second one for Daisy. It's just because it does everything, right? If you're out and you need to charge your device, you can plug it in the wall and charge your device. If you need battery power, it's got battery power, and it's in a very small package for all of that stuff. And uh, I got the black one. She got the white one. So, yeah, that's a great that's a great choice. Uh, I have another one. This one I really feel like is a good uh, holiday gift. I think it's a good stocking stuffer kind of gift. Um, you know, with USB-C coming out, if you've got a loved one with an iPhone 15 Pro uh, or an iPhone 15 at all, um, the, uh, Anchor makes a nano power bank, which is it's a much smaller device, uh, and it's got a built-in USB-C port that folds into it. Ooh. And uh, and I, I got one of these, and it like literally fits in your pocket with the phone. Uh, it is 5,000 milliamp hours. It's not huge, but it charges at 22 watts, so it, it's a fast charger. Now, the Apple MagSafe charger I like and still use, but sometimes I just want to quickly dump some power into my phone, and this is perfect for that. They've got multiple colors, and um, I'm actually going to get one. Uh, for some other family members for 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 gifts this year because i just think it's so good i believe they make a lightning one as well if they somebody's do. on an older phone so you can do that i hesitate to buy lightning products i know they're all going to be on USB-C soon but <laughs> yeah for even just for a year they're, they're not that expensive at 30 bucks and they're really nice you know and you can charge your phone through it so if you want it, like you're at a if you're traveling it's got an input so you can go USB-C into the battery and then through the battery into the phone. And just a nice little tiny charger that fits in your pocket. And I really like the way they incorporated the tr- the port into it, whether it's USB-C or Lightning. It folds down so it's not like sticking out in your pocket or your purse. And uh, and when you need to use it, you pop it out, plug it in, and you've suddenly got some some 22-watt charging going into your phone. That's cool. I just put one in my cart for somebody who yeah, uh, right? who needs this in their in their lives all the time. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's nice. Like when we go to Disneyland or whatever, I can put that in my pocket. I know if I need extra charge, I'm good. Yep. One thing we should say here in this little battery bank section is please buy something name brand. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there on Amazon and, and other places that's built as cheaply as possible and can be a little sketchy. And at least for me, when I'm dealing with, with electricity, um, I'm always going to go with a, a brand that's, that's well known, uh, like anchor for instance, and there are others, but you know, I'd rather spend a few extra bucks and have the peace of mind that I'm not going to have problems down the road. Yeah. There, there's a video I'd like to link. And I also wrote about it, Max Sparky. Um, Adam Savage, uh, got somebody to, to x-ray, Apple products versus fake Apple products. You know, like the one that stood out to me was the power supply, a Mac power supply. So they had one that was an Apple and one that was, it looked just like an Apple product, but on the inside, it was garbage. Like the ground wire was not connected garbage, like dangerous stuff. And I think it's really easy sometimes if you go to the wrong stores to buy something that looks like it's legit and inside isn't. And when you're dealing with power and electricity, that's dangerous, you know? Um, So be careful, you know, buy the stuff from reputable vendors. Not, you know, Apple is a good place to buy, you know, you're going to get their stuff, but there, there are other reputable vendors, but Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the stuff out there is, is bad. And 
I think some people knowingly buy the knockoff stuff and, you know, they get what they pay for. But what's scary to me is some of these stores represent this stuff as legitimate Apple stuff. And if you buy it, it looks like an Apple thing, but inside it's not. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put a link to that video. If you look at the, if you want some knowledge, um, look at those x-rays. Thanks to the listener, Dave, who actually sent me the original link to this video and got me down this rabbit hole. But it, it is... Um, it is something else um, how bad some of this stuff is out yeah. there. Some of these x-rays are crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like the guy uh, on Adam Savage's video is like, he had an electronics expert. He's like, yeah, this is all hand soldered, like on the knockoff stuff. Like, you know, there's somebody in a factory somewhere just like knocking these wires to get, you know, Apple, everything is like perfectly lined up and pre-printed circuit board, no potential for error or problem, you know, and, and these other things, you know, are are just like slapped together and on the outside though, they look the exact same. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's scary. The last thing I've got for this, uh, Apple add-ons section is the 12 South time Porter. So this is a pretty new product from 12 South and it lets you hang and display your watch bands like in your closet or, you know, on a nightstand or something. So you can more easily see what you have. If you're like me, your Apple Watch bands are in a pile in your sock drawer, right? Or in your nightstand, and they're all jumbled up, and you can only find half of it at a time. You're trying to run out the door and want to change your watch band out. And so if you live the multi-watch band lifestyle, and at this point, you know, what are we, nine years into the Apple Watch? A lot of us have multiple bands. This is a pretty sweet way to keep them organized and out on display. You want me to talk about Gridfinity again? Because I could. <laughs> you could also do that. You could also 3D print a fancy thing. But if you're not, if you're not into that, uh, you know, look, something 3D printed, also not the best gift, maybe, you know? No, 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 I agree. I agree. No, this is nice. I, I, I agree. I, I think this does a really good job of displaying them. So that's fun. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You've texted me a picture of your watch bands and these little printed cubbies. You're out of control, man. I am out of control. That is one thing we can agree on. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, looking at the 12 South page, I would say almost anything 12 South sells would be a good gift for somebody. I think they make great stuff. They make nice stuff. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password. Go to onepassword.com slash MPU right now and get 20% off your plan. Gang, the holidays are upon us and you're going to be with some family this week, hopefully for Thanksgiving here in the U.S., and this is a great opportunity to share 1Password with your family members. The bad guys are getting real clever at hacking people, and a lot of folks who don't listen to the Mac Power users need a tool like 1Password there to protect them. The problem is they don't know about it. So that's your job. Go and tell them about 1Password while you're having turkey dinner. Look at it as an alternative to talking politics with your family. Spend just a couple minutes helping them get set up, and they will be so thankful to you. 1Password handles all the problems for folks who are not power users. It creates strong and unique passwords whenever they need them. It even has the Watchtower service that keeps an eye on the internet and the accounts that they have and lets them know when anybody on the internet they're dealing with has been hacked or there's a problem or they've got repeat passwords. It's like a little security coach for them. It keeps them safe. And you can feel comfortable recommending 1Password because it's secure by design. It adds that secret key to your account password to provide that unique extra layer of security for proven protection. 
It's private by default. They can't see your passwords or sensitive information stored in one password, so they can't use it, share it, or sell it, or neither can anyone else. And it's verified by experts. They have regular third-party audits and the industry's largest bug bounty to help them catch threats before they can affect you. So you can recommend it to your family without hesitation and get them on a safe and secure password program. While you're at it, show them how they can store secure information in 1Password as well. 1Password really is a tool that non-power users need to access, and they need you to help them out. So you can really help your friends and family members this holiday season by getting them hooked up. So let them know about 1Password. Send them to onepasswordcom MPU so they know they came from the Mac power users. Give them just a little bit of help getting started, and you will create so much good karma, and I bet you'll get an even better holiday present back from them. That URL one last time is onepasswordcom MPU. Check it out now. Let's move into some everyday carry items, which is kind of a goofy internet term, but you know, things that we we have with us. And I'm going to start with what has been a... Okay, so I, I said earlier, I've become a lanyard person. I've also become a phone wallet combination person. I don't know what happened to me. I, I hit my late yeah, 30s man. and everything changed. But I've been using for quite a while now the Peak Design mobile wallet. And they have a couple of versions of this. There's one like with a kickstand so you can like prop your phone up. I don't have that one. I just have the Slim Link phone accessory. I have it in charcoal that they have some different colors. And it's, it's very similar to Apple's little mag, MagSafe leather wallet, but it's not leather and it holds more and it has a little a closing flap. So I'm going to put this close to the microphone so you can hear it. Hear that? It's a little flap. It's a little yeah. flap so your cards don't fall very out. Satis- very satisfying snap. Very satisfying. It's just, it's just magnetic, so it comes back over the top. And uh, I've been using this for maybe, maybe a year now, if not a little bit more. And I can carry more in it than the Apple one. And I like the way it looks. And it is not on find my so the new apple one it's kind of on find my it'll tell you where you took it off last but not like where it is at the moment so if you left in an uber it's still gone uh this is true for this too um but it's on my phone most of the time and if it's if my phone is on a charger then this is in my pocket where my phone goes so i'm not gonna sit it down and leave it somewhere Uh, but i've been really happy with this thing and peak design makes lots of great stuff it works really well with their phone case, but any MagSafe compatible iPhone case or just on the iPhone directly, uh, the magnets are strong. It stays on there. It just it aligns really nicely. And uh, this has been a little companion for me for, for a long time now. You know, Stephen, it's funny because you and I have been friends for a long time, and it always cracks me up when we independently discover the same thing because I bought this wallet when they did the initial like big announcement that they're making phone cases. So I, mine's two or three years. It's old. And this is the wallet I use the most because of everything you just said. I, it holds more cards than the Apple one. It, um, it also, the magnetic close makes you feel safe and it does stick to your phone when you need it, but I don't necessarily always even stick it to my phone. Yep. And, uh, it's just nice. My, I've had mine a long time. It's starting to show wear on the edges, but, it seems like it's holding together just fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a great little wall. I mean, it's very boring. You can put like a couple 20s in there, and but you can put, de- you can like double the number of cards you can put in an Apple wallet. And and that's something I needed. 
Apple's wallet's basically three kind of standard yeah. thickness cards, maybe four if you have some thin ones. But, you know, I've got driver's license, debit card, credit card. I'm just opening it and seeing what I've got. A um, uh, couple of insurance cards and, yeah, a couple of 20s in the back. And I could still cram more in there if I wanted to. And if you wanted to make it Find My compatible, you could do something like the Chipolo Find My card. Um, which I was going to put on the list, but mine died after like six months. And so I'm not real thrilled with that. There are other options out there now that are like, find my debit card size things. They're usually pretty thick. But if you really wanted to do that, you could do this. There are wallets out there, including the ones that stick on the back of the phone, that will accommodate an AirTag. But that adds quite a bit of bulk. Um, I would really like to see the AirTag thin down. I don't know how they would do that because basically the thickness of the AirTag is set by the thickness of the little watch battery inside. But yeah. um, this gives you a lot of options. And I, I like the flexibility of it. It can be on my phone, off my phone, whatever I need in any given moment. Yeah. And I like you, I've got a nice collection of cards in there for various things I need. Um, yeah, I was thinking, my only complaint is once in a while, the magnetic flap lands on the inside of the wallet. Yeah. And it's kind of a pain to dig it out. And yeah. I don't like that. Um, but that's no big deal. And, you know... Yeah, I just snapped the mic. Can you hear that? Oh boy. Anyway, the um, uh, I I think I'm tempted. And I know this is like heresy to you. What if I like gaff taped an no. AirTag to the outside of it, like just like did it a nice job of it, right? But but taped it on the outside, and then you'd have an AirTag on it. I don't know. I think you. I, I can't tell when you're trolling me or not anymore. I hope you are. But it's I'm literally not trolling you. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know. I had a moment we uh we were at a thing and the um and I had uh, my fancy pants on. My mm-hmm. wife bought me a pair of fancy pants. Fancy pants have small pockets. I don't know why they put the these small pockets in fancy pants. But I didn't want my wallet to get lost, so I had it in my bag. And all night I was just thinking, where's my wallet? You know, cuz I'm used to having it in the same pocket all the time. And there was like a sub process of my brain that kept thinking I was losing my wallet. So Yeah. It's like I'm thinking, yeah, I would like to have an air tag on this thing. I guess what I need to do is wear because I do have a wallet that has an air tag. I need to use that one when I wear fancy pants. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe. But I could also gaff tape an air tag oh. on this. We don't. We don't <laughs> You're gonna love one of my later picks. You're gonna love what I did to that one. Oh, Just no. wait. <laughs> Just wait. Okay, I love that you picked a topic this year called everyday carry because that's like I love that stuff. You know, it's like little things you can stick in your pockets, and I'm really cool with that. I had a bunch of them. Um, uh, I'm for the first one. In fact, I'm going to pick another wallet. Uh, A few years ago, I bought the Field Notes wallet. Yeah, and it's just it's just a leather wallet that perfectly holds a set of Field Notes, and and it also can hold some cash and cards. It's not as efficient as the um, as the one we just talked about from Peak Design, but it's nice and it's leather. You know, it's kind of my my aesthetic, and I can find I find I can put any cards I need in there. I love to use this wallet when I travel because uh, I take notes sometimes when I travel, and it, it's got a little field notes notebook in there. So if I need to write something down, um, I can even fold it with my phone on the inside of it if I want. Although you have to be careful pulling out; you don't want the phone to go flying. Um, and inside where the billfold is, I have gaff taped an air tag that I have done. <sighs> okay. I'd send you a picture, but I don't want people to hear you vomiting. I'll on the hang show. up the zoom call. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, their their leather notebook cover wallet thing is cool. They also have one that is, uh, um, it's more like a. They have some different versions of it. There's one that's like a sleeve, which I've tried before. It's maybe uh, maybe both of them are in partnership with Bellroy, which makes really nice leather accessories and other things. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I carry a field notes like it's right, it's right here. I'm just hitting things on the mic today, right here. Um, yeah. And so to combine that with a wallet is nice. And there are times where uh, I do want all that stuff together, but it means your wallet basically is the size of a field note. So you kind of got to be prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you got, as long as you don't have your fancy pants on, you're good. And uh, you got all your stuff there. It's kind of good. If if you're someone who likes to write notes down, you got field notes. This is a good one. Good gift. But I, I, you, you kind of pass it over, but there is an air tag inside. I put it really high so it doesn't, like it's above where the credit cards are, but behind them. So it doesn't really change the the thickness of the wallet much because the credit cards take up space. That's good. And um and it but I, I like having, you know, the location of my stuff on on me. I I just I just wish Apple made their own version of a credit card size air tag so we didn't have to do this crazy stuff. But I'm willing to put up with the the little bit of extra bulk to have that option. The next one here says old man pick. What what have you done? Yeah, uh well, I mean, I would have made fun of this pick a few decades ago, but uh my my reading eyes aren't what they used to be. Like I you hand me a piece of paper and I don't have my reading glasses on, I probably can't read it. So, uh I uh and there are people in our show of a certain demographic that appreciate that. And uh, this year I found these great glasses on Amazon. It's 15 bucks you get two of them. They fold in half and they go in a little plastic case. And, um, and that's great. 15 for two or 19 for three. And so you get them, whatever reading prescription you need. And I got these and I almost always have them in my pocket. So if you find yourself like in a restaurant or somewhere where you want to check something on your phone and you don't happen to have reading glasses, you've got them in your pocket at all times. And, uh, my wife has some pairs now and all my old man friends that see me wearing them are like, where'd you get that? I need that too. (laughs) So, uh, you know, the 20 somethings in the audience are going to be laughing. And I used to be you. I (laughs) I remember when I used to, uh, when I was a young lawyer and the the old lawyers would come to my office, I would intentionally have my fonts at the smallest size. So they wouldn't read over my shoulder. Nice. And, um, and they couldn't, and it was great. It was like a superpower. <laughs> and now I'm the old man that you can't read. Now I don't like to call myself an old man. I'm not that old. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm young at heart. But the, uh, but I, I do have a little problem with, with reading uh, tiny text, and this solves it. So, it, it's a goofy pick, but if you need it, this is a great pick. Yeah, that's cool. I, I really can't make fun of that. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you're gonna need it. I mean, you're not that far behind me, but. Someday yeah. you're going to be like, hey, can you send me a link again for those glasses? It's a <laughs> question yeah. at a time. I've worn glasses full time for like 10 years. And uh, yeah. I actually have an eye appointment as we record this tomorrow. And as I have that feeling, you know, it's like this prescription isn't what it used to be. <laughs> Something has changed again. I'm in a super weird space right now um, because I've needed um, what they call progressives for some time, you yeah. know, for distance and reading. But this last couple years, my reading vision got substantially worse. At the same time, my distance vision has gone back to 2020. Yeah, that happens. You kind of shift in one direction or the other. Well, apparently the lens gets twisted enough in terms of your reading vision that it actually 
improves the other end of it. And my optometrist is like, Hey, this is cool for you, but this isn't going to last forever. So just enjoy it, you know? But right now I can wear any sunglasses and I'm good. I can go to the movies. I don't need to wear glasses. Yeah, that's nice. It's a very strange spot, but, uh, but the trade-off is it's gotten to where I just can't read. Like if you just hand me a phone and I have glasses on, I can't read it. Hmm. Anyway, that's the old man pick. <laughs> uh, my next one is an extremely traditional everyday carry pick. And that's the knife that you carry. And mine is the Folsom by James Company. James makes a bunch of really nice stuff, a lot of knives and tools. Uh, I've got a Folsom, and naturally, I have it in orange and stainless steel. Uh, this was uh, mine is actually like a, a custom one in conjunction with Aaron Draplin, one of the designers behind Field Notes, and my favorite graphic designer. Um, but they've taken the colorway and just put it for sale for everybody now. Mine is orange with a black blade, but now it's with stainless. And uh, the clip's really nice. It's a good size. It's pretty lightweight. And it's not, uh, the one I have is straight edge. I actually don't like serrated blades on a pocket knife, but, uh, this is, uh, this has been with me for quite a while now. It's not the longest I've ever carried a pocket knife, but it's, it's probably getting close and it's orange and that, that is fun. Um, it's a hundred bucks. It's a little pricey, but look, you can spend all the money on knives. I've had more expensive knives. Uh, Ben Brooks years ago gave me a very nice expensive knife. And now that lives on my desk. And I carry this thing around. But uh, if you're looking for a simple pocket knife, really anything on James' website would uh, would fit the bill. Yeah, you know, I uh, we I covered in a prior gift guide my love of Leatherman, and yeah. I still carry a big bulky Leatherman in my pocket. But I just use it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use it in the garden. I use it in the wood shop. I use it opening packages. I use it for everything. And uh, I've got really good at. Um, knowing when to remove it from my pocket you know because there's play like disneyland you got to go certain places you can't carry a knife anymore yes and the um so I'm, I'm pretty good at that but yeah i'm always tempted by the idea of having a nice little thin knife that i carry around with me um as opposed to the big thing but i also like the other tools on the big thing so i can't can't really like get off the dime there yeah yeah i've got a leatherman but it lives in the console of my truck so i always know i always know where it is yeah, I, I am definitely a pocket knife guy. And I think it, it's weird because I think a lot of people are, are like beyond that now, like, you know, carry a knife, blah, blah, but I, I don't know. I just find so many uses for it. You have a couple of other pretty traditional everyday carry picks. Yeah, I when you said EDC, I'm like, oh, you know, I've got a couple of those things that I carry often. And the uh, they're not fancy. Uh, one is just a pocket flashlight. Just like SSDs, those are really inexpensive now. And almost every day I have a flashlight in my pocket. And again, I just find so many uses for it. Like you drop a screw and you just pull a flashlight out or whatever. You're doing stuff around the house or, you know, I again, I, I carry that at Disneyland, my little flashlight. And I, I just find uses for it all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can spend like knives, you can spend a lot of money on flashlights, but if you just get an LED mini pocket flashlight, you can get them in the twenty to thirty dollar range that are very high quality and very bright. Usually, they run on a AAA battery, and it takes almost no space in your pocket. I think it's a good it's a good gift for somebody. It's a good thing for yourself to carry around. Uh, I looked at I don't even remember where I got mine. I think I got mine at REI, uh, but I've had it 
probably a decade and it is super beat up, but it still just works and you change the battery once in a while. You know, get one good enough that it's not going to be a complete piece of junk. Make sure it's LED and and you're good. And similarly, uh, I have been carrying a pocket whistle. And this was from a, a good friend of mine who's a fire chief. He said, hey, yeah, you know, when there's an earthquake, we can save the people that have whistles. And just like there's some truth to that. You know, you can be heard if you have a whistle. And And those have gotten really inexpensive and really good and I bought a set of them this year for my kids and myself uh, off Amazon, and I'm putting a link in for the one I got. But there, there's competitors that are in the same ballpark. But you know, they're they're tiny and they're steel, and you can put it on your keychain. And there's all sorts of reasons why you may find yourself needing a whistle. And uh, I thought, why not just get a good one and put it on and be done with it? And uh, and that's when you said everyday carry. Uh, uh, you know, knife is the obvious one everybody always talks about, but I think whistle and flashlight are right up there. Mm-hmm. I just bought one of these to put in my hiking bag. Yeah, like I've got a backpack that that's what I use it for. You know, it's not like a it's not like a hiking bag like you'd go on the Appalachian yeah. Trail with. It's just like a outdoorsy backpack. Um, yeah. and I have a knife in there and a compass and some other stuff. Uh, and I ordered one of these, and I'm going to throw it in there when it gets here. Yeah. Well, I wanted all the the ladies in the household to have one on their keychain. Yeah. And I thought, this is good, you know, and it's out of the way, but if they need it, it's there. And uh, I got myself one too. Good stocking stuffer. This episode of MPU is brought to you by Clean My Mac X. You want the right tool when it comes to the job. In fact, as I'm recording this, some guys are drilling into the brick of the house next door to me. So that's that's a fun thing for me. But when you're talking about maintenance on your Mac, you obviously don't want a drill. You want a tool like Clean My Mac X because junk files, hung processes, and malicious apps can slow down even the latest, greatest Macs. And maintaining your Mac, whether old or new, is essential for macOS to perform smoothly. Clean My Mac X is the all-in-one Mac maintenance tool that takes care of old junk, faulty apps, and malware in an efficient, aesthetically pleasing, and hassle-free way. Using the app's menu bar, you can monitor your Mac's health, CPU load, and more. With nearly 30 million downloads and 15 years of expertise, this app is a must-try for any Mac user. And it's ready to go for macOS Sonoma. Sonoma's full of new, innovative features, and Clean My Mac X ensures that your hardware remains healthy and running at peak performance, so you can enjoy a seamless macOS experience. I've run Clean My Mac X for a long time. And one of my favorite things is it sends me a little notification when it's time to run a scan. And most of the time, everything's cool on my Mac, but there have been times where it's found issues and it's really easy to take care of them. As a listener of this show, you'll get 5% off by checking out the link in the show notes or going to macpaw.app slash MPU. That's macpaw.app slash MPU for 5% off. Our thanks to Clean My Mac X for their support of the show. Okay, Stephen, we have another new topic this year uh, called car and home tech, and I thought it'd be fun to you know talk about some cool stuff for our cars and our homes. Uh, you got all the car picks. This is one where by getting there early, you kind of just <laughs> you won. But uh, I got some home picks. You got some car picks. Let's let's yeah. just do this. I have a story for you. So I took one of my kids to school this morning and uh, stopped for gas on the way home. 
So I pull up to the gas pump, put gas in my truck. And a guy in different color, but identical make and model of pickup to mine, like pulled yeah. in behind yeah. me, like the next pump. Yeah. And so, you know, you kind of kind of do the nod. Like, oh, hey, nice truck. Yeah. Hey, car guy. Uh, you have good taste. So do I. Yeah. yeah but he's like, you know, how long have you had it? And he's like, so what have you, you know, what have you done to it? Because there's some very common modifications people with Tundras do. Yeah. And Show so I'm talking to this guy for like 10 minutes at the gas station. Yeah. Just like, I've done this and this. This is what he's done and talking about it. So yes, I could talk about this stuff all day. Um, I will start with some sort of magnetic iPhone mount for your car. So in some places, you may not be allowed to have a phone even visible, you know, follow your local laws, blah, 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 blah. But magnetic charging is pretty sweet in the car because you really don't have to think about it. And a lot of cars have wireless chargers. My truck has one. It's terrible. I actually did the terrible thing of, we may have talked about this on the show at some point. Uh, I've actually mounted an, an actual MagSafe puck in my car and yeah. Yeah, it goes over the thing. to a USB-C yeah. thing. You don't have to do that. You don't have to drill holes in your car if you don't want to. There's lots of you know popular accessory makers that make magnetic mounts for your car. One that I really like is actually one by Peak Design. Now, what you may need, it's kind of a hard gift. Like maybe you, partner with somebody and be like, oh, hey, I want to, you know, hook you up, find someone that works. Uh, Belkin, Nomad, Peak Design, a million Amazon brands. There's a ton of stuff out there. Some actually yeah. charge wirelessly. Others, like the Peak Design that I had in my previous truck, was just magnetic, and I still had to run a lightning cable to my phone. So you need to also understand, like, what their CarPlay situation is or, you know, how they're getting audio out of their phone. Uh but it's just really nice not to have to kind of think about where your phone goes. And a lot of these, a lot of the things do mount kind of high, but I've got mine mounted down really low and my phone is not in my line of sight when I drive. And at the same time, I know right where it is if I need it, you know, if I need to pick up the phone or something. So, um, I'm a fan of this. I'm a fan of MagSafe in general of magnets in general in the iPhone accessory world, but it can be really sweet in a car. Yeah. Nice. Um, I've got, uh, I've been playing this year with door locks and I've talked about this prior on the show, but I feel like this year I've just really been sold on the utility of home kit enabled door locks. It just, it's become such a part of the routine in my family. Now, you know, when my wife comes home from work, she just yells out to the lady in her car, unlock the front door and the front door unlocks dog gets excited, waits for her to come in. She gets to the front door. She doesn't have to get her keys out and unlock the door. And this stuff works great. Now, I know the the security question always comes up. Well, can somebody hack it? And I'm like, well, you know, somebody somebody wants to get in your house. They can really get in your house. So I, I don't feel like... I'd be way more concerned with somebody breaking a traditional lock than hacking something on HomeKit. <laughs> yeah, or just break a window. Yeah, right? yeah just you jimmy know, your you way get, in. Like, you know, I yeah. agree with you. I don't think it's a... I think it's a good thing to ask the question about but it, i don't i don't have any smart locks but security is not the reason i don't if that makes sense yeah well well it's just once you get them you just find so many uses for them like i i, I have now done them all uh i've mainly been using the quick set ones because we have quick set, quick set keys yeah and you can rekey them to match your existing lock but that's nice we had a side door to the garage and i got an ad for a eufy cell and so i bought the eufy fingerprint one and that's HomeKit enabled, and I just installed it over the weekend. 
And it works great too. I can go up to my garage side door and stick my finger on it and the door unlocks. And I feel like that stuff is just really nice. And we've had so many examples where the locks came in handy. Like when you go to bed now, because I have them on all the doors, somebody says, well, did you lock the door? I just look at my phone. They're locked. If they're not, I push a button and it locks itself. Yeah. Uh, we had a family member coming to meet us at our house, but we weren't home yet. I unlocked the door for them when they got here and they could come in and wait for us. You know, and just like there's just a, you find all sorts of uses for them. And if you've been hesitant, I think you should be hesitant no longer. Just get one that is HomeKit enabled if you want to keep it simple. If you want to go like Home Assistant and like do the deep end uh, home automation stuff, there's a bunch of them out there. But with Matter now, in fact, I would recommend getting one that's both Matter and HomeKit enabled and then you're good for the future. But I love those those door locks and I think they're just so useful. Yeah. The way our house is set up is not a great way to do it because we have like storm doors over our exterior doors. So it's like yeah, actually I know two what doors. You're talking about. But the studio, yeah. uh, I could do it. And so I've I kind of I've kind of like looked at it before and at some point I want to dive in probably, but it would just be for the office. Yeah. I'll go back to the car thing. Uh I talked about this before. I talked about it after my kind of scary car accident earlier this year. But uh a combination car window breaker and seatbelt cutter. The one I put in the links, there's a set of two of them. They're bright orange. You can spot them. Uh, they have a reflective strip on them. And if you were in an accident, like I ended up upside down in my truck, being able to cut a seatbelt uh, and or break, you know, auto glass can be really important. And this is not the most exciting thing in this Google Doc by far like it may be the most pedestrian it's definitely the one with the biggest dad energy other than david's folding glasses but yeah uh, that one wins it does but i'm telling you after my accident i bought a bunch of these and like just was handing them out to people in my life and you put them in your glove box put them in your console so you know where it is in the emergency and it uh it's a big deal you know i was and i wasn't underwater or anything i was upside down in someone's front someone's front yard this poor family but couldn't get the seatbelt off. Had to cut the seatbelt, and uh, this thing can be a real lifesaver. So I know that's kind of like uh, boring and sobering, but these things happen. And as soon as we decide to do car and home, I was like, this this has to be on the list for me. Yeah, you know what? I just you know it, the, we always you know got to set the moment we buy something, and so I just I just set these up. I'm gonna give them to the girls and get one yeah. for myself too. Yep. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, calling that one out. Yeah, you got you to gotta do the responsible thing sometimes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm going to go back. So I, I told him to get the whistle. So we're going to get the whistle and the, the car breaker outer thingy, and mm-hmm. we're good. Um, this year, we got some new tech out from Acara called a human presence sensor for your home kit. Um, they're not cheap. They're in about the $80 range, but it's way better than an infrared sensor for a home kit sensor. It can detect people. It can detect where they are in the room. And if you're looking for a sensor to help you, you know, say, well, I'm in the room now, turn the lights on, I leave the room, turn them off kind of thing. This is your best shot at it. And it's not perfect, but it's way better than anything I've ever used before. And um, I'm going to, we're going to talk about this more on the automators podcast and maybe uh, we'll we'll do a home kit show here too, probably next year. But the, um, but this is a nice update to the sensor technology that showed up this year and uh, a good gift. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I don't have any 
present sensor stuff. Although I was just thinking about this last night, actually. Uh, my mom came over. I was doing some work on her car for her. And we have some overhead lights in the garage. And they're on a light switch. And I perpetually leave them on after I do something in the garage. And then you come out yeah. the next morning. It's like, oh, all these lights are on all night. And I really yeah. want to tie those lights to some sort of present sensor. And I'm, I'm going to have to like switch out some other stuff to make that possible. But this is on my smart home to-do list for next year because I could put one of these or maybe two, I have to see how it works, in the garage. And then it knows like if there's motion, so like if the garage door goes up or if someone's in there, yeah. uh, turn yeah. those lights on. And then I guess when things settle down, you know, set a countdown or whatever and turn the lights off. Well, no, with this, you wouldn't need a countdown because this can tell when people are in the room and it can tell when okay. people leave the room. Okay. So that that's the advantage of it. The downside is it needs power. You can't just yeah. stick a battery in it. So you got to have a place you can plug it in. I think that's the biggest downside, but, but it is much, much superior because historically they, I think they were infrared, like the heat of a person coming in. But if you were in the wrong area of the room or if you stop moving, then the, it would think there was nobody there and it would turn off. And, you know, this is far superior to that. And I think this is going to be the only way people do these things going forward, but they're early enough that they're still expensive. You know, yeah. like I said, it's about 80 bucks to buy one of these things. We can get the other sensors for like $15, Yeah, but this is, this is a good one. I added that to my future smart home, Apple note. Um, cause I go. think this would, would make the garage work the way I want it to. Yeah. Uh, my last one goes with my first one, and it's <laughs> an aftermarket CarPlay head unit for a non-CarPlay car. Uh, I did this for my previous truck. I did it in my mom's car. I've done it for a friend. So I've done three of these now of retrofitting CarPlay into a non-CarPlay car. And the traditional way of doing it is actually replacing the head unit. And you can do that. I put a link in the show notes to Crutchfield. They're just an AV company. I don't have any relationship with them, but they make it really easy to pick what you need and they have really good customer support. But they're also now, and I don't have any firsthand experience with them. So like I'm not suggesting any particular one, but there are now some ways to do this that are uh, much more uh, affordable. Like there are some like tablet-based things you could mount uh, instead of replacing the head unit that give you CarPlay or Android Auto. Uh, do your own homework on those. I don't know anything about them except that they exist. But I'm telling you, like, I will not ever drive a vehicle again without CarPlay. It is so good. I was actually talking to my my brother's uh, father-in-law about this. Uh, so I guess my sister-in-law's dad is how that works. Um, yeah. Because uh, he recently did this. He has an older an older vehicle and had this done. He's like, yeah, who knew CarPlay was so good? He's like, it, no, it, it really is. And I, I really believe it is so much safer than picking up your phone to answer a text message, right? Siri can read it to you. You can talk back to it. Apple Maps, Google Maps, Waze, you know, all your media streaming apps, everything you need in the car, but nothing you don't. Uh, I'm a huge CarPlay fan. And for a lot of cars, you know, you, you may spend some money getting it put together. If you do it yourself through Crutchfield or some other website like that, you can save a bunch of money on labor. If you're not comfortable with taking your car apart, and a lot of people aren't, uh, there's reputable installers, you know, all over the place. And you can find a company locally that could probably uh, do it. Um, but it's really cool. And it makes an older vehicle feel new. And it gives you all the all the features of CarPlay without having to go out and obviously <laughs> buy something new. 
Yeah, I mean, living in Southern California, I'm so spoiled by CarPlay's traffic updates because we always have traffic, and the best way to get to a place isn't the same every day. Right. And, you know, CarPlay makes it so easy. You know, I have one more I want to add. I was looking at, at trucks the other day, thinking about you, and I forget, you have the Toyota Tundra? Tundra, Tundra yeah. yeah. Um, I was at the Disneyland parking structure, as you do, and... I was walking past this Toyota truck and it was a Tundra and it had the coolest Toyota logo on the front of it. It was like blocky um, uh, font. Like, you know, I don't know what the font was. I think it was Futura and it was like heavy block Toyota. And it looks so awesome. Yeah. Steven needs that on it. Does your truck have that? Uh, Yeah. So you can swap out some Toyota vehicles, depending on the model, it's called the Heritage Grill, where it spells out Toyota. Mine, yeah, it looks cool. Mine had the Toyota logo on it, but I've swapped it. Uh, in fact, the guy right. at the gas station, that was one of his first questions. Like, how hard was that? And I said, it was extremely difficult and took me all day because you have to take the whole front end of the truck off. Um, yeah. But yes, I like the Heritage. Again, sort of Heritage style is what they call it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks sweet. And you can do it on uh, any of the Toyota trucks or some of the SUVs. It's a nice look. I saw that and I'm like, Steven needs that. But of course you've already got it. Uh, I'm ahead of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've turned into the, the pickup truck podcast today. Sorry. Apparently. Right. I don't even own a pickup truck, but I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Hey, you know, they're fun to tinker with. This episode of the Mac power users is brought to you by indeed go to indeed.com slash MPU and join more than 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. What's a game where no one wins? Well, it's the waiting game. And when it comes to hiring, you don't want to wait for great talent to find you. Find them first with Indeed. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, you can use their powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Indeed Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. According to Indeed data, US Indeed's hiring platform really is great. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S. Indeed data. Even better, Indeed is the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements, making it an unbelievably powerful hiring platform, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash MPU. That offer is good for a limited time, so claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash MPU. That's I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash MPU to support the show by saying you heard about it here on the Mac Power Users. Terms and conditions do apply, but do you need to hire? You need Indeed. Our thanks to Indeed for their support of the Mac Power Users and all of Relay FM. All right, up next we have workspace and desk accessories. We all like to customize uh, the room around us where we get our work done. 
whether that's with things that we love, you know, like uh, Star Wars or things that are just useful, um, photos of your family, you know, we like to customize our workspaces as nerds. And um, you beat me to this section. And so you've got a lot of stuff in here. Um, So I'm going to let you take it away. Yeah, man. Okay. So this year for me was uh, the year of analog (laughs) for what I call last mile productivity. I don't know. Well, I just, you know, for the end of your productivity project, I still need, you know, fancy calendar apps and task manager apps to keep track of everything. I have a lot of stuff, but um, without intention, really, I kind of gravitated this year towards using analog tools for the last mile for getting the work done each day, you know, rather than looking omni-focus for my tasks, I, uh, the Ugmunk cards, I think that was the gateway drug for me. I got those Ugmunk task cards last year and they really landed with me this year. So every morning I make a card and, you know, you buy these cards from this guy and they're very well put together. And I think there's only like 10 lines on it. So it kind of requires you to constrain yourself with your expectations I write down the stuff I'm going to do that day on it. And I actually mark them as checked in OmniFocus as soon as I put them on the card. So it's kind of like a little contract with myself saying, okay, now it's on paper. It's no longer digital. You need to get it done. And if I can't finish it in the day, I need to move it to the next card day or next week's Tuesday or whatever. But these Ugma cards, I think, have been really useful to me. And I like them. And and uh, I also have... um this year they released their weekly cards and I, I shared this on the show in one of the feedback episodes. So I won't go into a great detail, but they make these little cards that are um, they're uh, horizontal in nature and it's got the week and it's got a little holder and I've got that up each week. So I can see my whole week schedule on these little cards and I just keep it on my desk and I am constantly referring to it as I go through the week. Oh, what's going to happen on Thursday. Okay. Now I see there it is on my card and I just find it really useful to use those two things together. And the other thing I did uh, analog this year is I just started writing more uh, journaling in paper books. And uh, Chris Bailey wrote a really good book this year called Calm. And um, gang, if you that would be a good gift in itself. I think in the modern yeah. world, we all need a little more calm. And Chris did the research. That's when he writes a book, he really goes deep on the research. And I have to admit, Chris is one of my best friends. So I'm also plugging it for him. But but he uh, he's just a great guy, and he does such good work. And in his book, he had written something that landed with me. He said, you know, when you're doing something for efficiency, do it digitally. When you're doing something um, for meaningfulness, do it anal- uh, analog, you know. And I thought, you know, he makes a really good point. So so I, I got some tote books from Studio Neat. And, you know, like I said last week, I'm in the bag for Studio Neat. But I just think they're really good design. And uh, it's just a little notebook, but you can fold it over on itself so you can write on it in a small platform. And I ordered a bunch of them and I started doing each month in a tote book. Like I would journal in that, but I still scan it to, uh, to day one. I'm not willing to give up on day one, but I just found the process of writing my journal at the end of the day was kind of uh, beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. And it did bring some meaningfulness to it. So uh, I, I've kind of expanded on that. I sent Steven a picture. I don't know. You can put it in the notes if you want. I don't think there's anything too, uh, incriminating in there, but the, um, but it's just like, I've got a book for each month and I don't fill it all the way up, but I get pretty close each month. 
And then I've got some other books. I do like notes on books I've read and I've got a book where I make shop notes and different things. And it's just been really nice uh, adding that analog feature. And I'm not going to overthink it and like get hung up on what platform or whatever, but I, I have these tote books. I've got the Ugmunk cards and I started using a pencil again, which was another weird thing for me. But I don't know, about six months ago, I found a box of uh, of nice pencils that I'd never used. Somebody sent me or something. They're black wings, and I've almost used them all up now, but they're really nice. And so I, I do most of the stuff in lead, and it's just uh, it's been a really nice kind of transition for me this year. I, I think if you're interested in bringing something into the new year, um, I think this idea of finishing your kind of productivity system on a piece of paper uh, can really work for you. It, it seems to for me more than I thought it would. And uh, I'm going to continue that into 2024 and uh, and see how this goes for me. But uh, it feels pretty good. Yeah, I really like the, the tote books. And the, the neat thing you can see in the picture is it comes with a sticker so you can label them. And so you can label the front and the spine. So if you, like me, I keep all my field notes. And at the end yeah. of each year, I take a picture of like my shelf and people always ask, you know, how do you scan it? I scan it in a flatbed scanner I bought from Office Max a hundred years ago. Like it's not fancy. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think the I think one of their their cool design features is that sticker, so you can you can see what it uh what was in there pretty easily. Yeah, just just well done. And like their um, I don't know what the paper is, but it's a good paper. It works good with pencil lead. Um, they've got the pages pre um divided, you know, mm-hmm. so. If it, they're very subtle, but they've got markers in it, so you can split it down the half or across, and uh, they're nice little books. And I I bought several when I decided to do this, and uh, from different manufacturers. And this is the one that I like. Yeah, of course, it was the Studio Neat book, right? But the um, but I like it, and uh, I I really kind of like this new workflow for me. Uh, marking it is done in OmniFocus when I put it on the card was kind of a a little like change I made that really kind of helped it like lock in for me. And, um, and so that's, that's a new thing I've been doing. This is more kind of the stuff we talk about on the focus podcast, but, but I, I do think there, as much as I love digital, I feel like there is a little bit of a place for analog and to me, particularly at the end of the journey. Yeah. So, so that, that's something. And if you've got somebody in your life that is, is doing that stuff, the, the thing with the Ugmunk cards I found is they're super popular with non nerds. Like my wife is starting to use them some of her friends. So she brought some to work and then a bunch of her friends at work are like, what is that? Where did you get it? So now they're using them. Um, I think a lot of people want this kind of simplistic, um, you know, task system, because if you, if you don't have, if nothing's working for you, sometimes just making it simple, like a note card per day is, is really the trick. Yeah. A notebook that I like in this size, even though I'm a devout pocket notebook, field notes, you know, three and a half by five uh, person size, uh, size notebook person. Uh, the subtle notebook by our friends at Cortex brand is very similar yeah. to the studio neat one. Um, it's dot grid, which is my favorite page layout. Um, and the neat thing they've done in that is the corners, there's a little perforated tab. So you could pull that tab off and then, you know, like right where the, the first empty page is um, without having to use a bookmark or something else. Um, and it's really nice. I've got one here. Um, I use it for, some very specific things. Most of the time I'm using a field notes, but uh, it's another nice option sort of in this size class. You know, I think I may have to get some of these. Yeah, Maybe they're five 2024 by eight. will be. 
Yeah, maybe next year I'll be the 2024 I'll be the subtle notebook year. There you and go. The 2023 was the tote book year. Yeah, these are nice. I hadn't seen I saw them when they originally came out, but this is cuz I didn't want all the um you know, they have all this stuff with in the first notebook they released the what was it called? First one was the theme system journal. Yeah, the the theme system journal didn't really land with me cuz I don't need the 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 theme system tools. But just a nice dot grid notebook. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to get some of these. Well, there we go. I don't think I told you, uh, but I saw this go in the document. But you have a desk treadmill here. And this is something that I also purchased this year. Um, oh, see, we did it again. I know. We're like twins. Mine's very similar to yours. It's like they're called like walking pads or very short uh, yeah. treadmills. Um, and uh, I use it some. Uh, not as much as I thought I would. It's it's a it's a goal for next year to to use it more often. I need to find a task where like I do this task when I'm walking. But uh, how has it gone with you? Yeah, I I've only had it a couple months. We've been talking about this on Mac Power Users. I mean, this goes back a decade. Yeah, and K- Carrie brought it up. Uh, Relays uh, VPSLs uh, that came up uh, when she was on the show earlier this year. Yeah, and and so I've always been curious about them. And I finally said, you know, I've really tried to start working on my health the last two or three months. I, Daisy and I have been doing Pilates. And you know what? Pilates kicks your butt. That's what I'm just <laughs> going to say that, you know. Um, but, you know, I go there and there's like a bunch of teachers. I'm often the only guy in the room. But I'm like, this is hard. But anyway, yeah. so we've been doing that. And and I've been trying to get my steps up. And I walk the dog a lot. And But I thought, well, you know, I spent a lot of time at this desk and I was watching these on Amazon. I, the one I put in the links is the one I bought and it was because it was like $180 one day on some deal or something. So I, but they're all in the 200 to $300 range. The, and they're not super fancy. The one I have, I, I don't know if it'll be running in 10 years, but it's running now and I use it all the time and it's not that expensive. It's light. I don't keep it under my desk 24-7. I actually keep it in the corner of the office, but it's light enough and it has two wheels on it. I bring it over every day, and I use it during uh, communication and planning time. I, I've got like a ritual now. I don't answer email if I'm not walking. And, oh. you know, I'm getting a lot of extra steps every day from just having this thing under my desk while I work. And I'm never going to be using it like I'm, while I'm recording or doing like yeah. that kind of stuff. I don't think I'm going to be using it while I'm doing deep thinking type work, but when I'm doing the basics, the admin stuff, you know, when I'm wearing my manager hat, I think it's really great. And it's funny because you forget you're doing it kind of, you just get into what you're working in your, but in the meantime, you're just putting steps down. Mm-hmm. Are you tracking those walks with the Apple watch or you just let it happen? When I remember to, I don't do it. I'm not that good at tracking all my workouts, but yeah, yeah sometimes. I, I try to be good at it, and and maybe listeners will have a suggestion. Uh, I have a trouble of actually not thinking I'm working out because you're walking pretty slow, and if your hand yeah. is up at the keyboard, you know one one way the Apple Watch figures out what's happening is like what is what is this guy's arm doing? You know what what motions are happening with his hands, and uh, you obviously don't get that as much when you're typing or working on a computer and you're walking. So. I've had the same experience. It's some, it's just sometimes it doesn't even catch that I'm walking. Yeah. I know when Carrie was on, Carrie was on, she said that she, she uh, found a, a strap to like put her watch on her ankle. I just can't, yeah. I just can't do it. Like, Oh, I, I would totally do that. Oh, I, I would totally, you'd do probably that. gaff tape it to your ankle, but 
It's yeah. uh, maybe there's a maybe there's another solution. I kind of ended up with like you know what this doesn't count towards my rings because my heart rate's not elevated, right? I'm not running. Yeah. I'm not going. It's not really exercise for me at my fitness level. Some people it will be, but so yeah. I've kind of just like given up on tracking it towards my rings and whatever the watch happens to catch, it happens to catch. But some people may really care about that more. Yeah, but it's also it's just good for you, you know, yeah. using your legs. You know, I mean, yeah. even if it's not. Even if you're not running your heart rate up, you know, that's oh, yeah. nice. And the other thing I do with mine is I put some books underneath the front of it. Total, like, you know, hack, but I make it an, an uphill climb nice. by just sticking some books under the, the front of it. And mm-hmm. if I want to, I can make it a little harder. I guess these are all me, so I'm just going to keep going. The The other one that I did uh, this year, and I think it's a good kind of recommendation. I don't know. Is this a gift or is this me telling you about something I did? The uh, But I am. Um, <laughs> I try to get better at my cable management and yeah. I, I kind of like gave in, you know, it's like buying el- elastic pants. I, I bought steel cable channels for under my desk and they're just big channels that you screw to the bottom of your desk and you can just stuff your cables into it. And it's really kind of great, you know, because your your desk always looks nice. Now the cables aren't super clean and like laid down, like, mm-hmm. like Steven would probably prefer they to be, but you know, when you want to get something out, you can pull them out and then you can put them back in. And it just never has that, that, you know, when you do your cables properly, especially with a desk that goes up and down, it seems like it's a question of about three to four months be- before it turn- resumes to ca- its chaotic nature. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how that happens, but it does. And with these channels, I don't really have that. They're just always in the channels and that's good. Yeah, that's nice. My desk came with one. And there's lots of options out there. Uh, I have one under my previous desk, which is now uh, where my PC sits. And it's just like an open wire one. So it's not a full tray. What's nice about the tray is you can hide stuff. And if a lot of times you may have like a power brick in there for something or, you know, this this Thunderbolt cable is too long and I'm not going to go buy a shorter one because they're really expensive and you can bundle it up in there and kind of hide it. So I don't think it's got to be nice and neat in there. Mine certainly is not. But uh, these are these are pretty cool. Um, the only thing I would add to it is these look like they're just thin pieces of metal. There are options out there, like the one that came with my desk, and it opens, so like it pivots down, and that's fine until you hit your knee on it, and then it op- springs open in the middle of a podcast yeah. recording. Ask me how I know <laughs> how that how that goes. And so I now actually have uh, a Velcro tie over each release latch so it can't like spring open accidentally so i actually prefer what you've picked that's just a basically just a bent piece of metal and yeah. uh makes it uh a bit more sturdy the one thing i have to do is because i have got uh, power and like the microphone cable running through it is every time i move something around uh poor jim gets a recording from me jim i moved a cable do i still sound okay yeah i'm 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 panicked that my cables are gonna like butt up against each other and, mm-hmm. and affect my recording quality and my ears are bad enough that i can't hear it so so jim gets a, one of those from me about every two months <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah i saw that all my audio stuff is on top of my desk and all the power stuff is under the desk yeah and so i, I bought short xlr cables for everything and uh i don't yeah. i no longer have that problem yeah. The um and the other thing I found this year related are red whip ties. Steven, have you ever seen these things before? Uh I had not. I've I've been a bongo tie believer. And you say yes. in the document, like bongo ties, but better. And I just you gotta sell me on this. 
these are amazing. They're little um, uh, bungee cords, but they're really tiny, and they've got a little plastic like um, a device on it where you can shorten them and tighten them up. And so they're like bongo ties, but better because bongo ties are a fixed length. A lot of times you have to wrap them around multiple times. Yeah. And do whatever. And the, and the rubber and the bongo ties does deteriorate over time. That's true. And, and these things are great and they have them in different sizes and different colors. And I, uh, I don't know. They're just great, but be careful when you search red whip ties that can get you into trouble in Google. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, the, the search I found was red bungee cable ties. Cause I saw them, somebody, a, a friend of mine who does video, he says, Oh yeah, the red whip ties, these are for everything. And I, I guess that's what the, they call them in the, in the business, in the, in the industry. So we call them in the yeah. industry. Yeah. But if you just go red bungee cable ties on Amazon, you're much likely to get, you know, a, a search result that won't embarrass you. Okay. Um, and the, uh, and they're great. And I, I have a bunch of them and I feel like I'm going to be using them for a lot of stuff going forward. I even have a couple like on my backpack. I'm just going to carry them with me when we go out. I can find uses for them. Okay, I'm buying nice, a pack. Nice little upgrade. Yeah, let me know what you think of them. Yeah, you because the bongo ties are great, but if if something is not kind of the right size, like you said, you're doubling up. And I have had them where the rubber will will break or degrade over time. Um, I actually have a a project for over the holiday to. Uh, actually re-cable under my desk because I basically did it and I set it up. I had the Mac Pro and then I had the Mac Studio. And when I moved to the MacBook Pro, I basically didn't redo under the desk. I did what I needed to do to make the Thunderbolt dock work. And it's a disaster under there. Uh, to the point that the other day, the I had we had to turn power off to the house because we were having some work done with by an electrician. And I realized my display is now on the battery backup, just the laptop is. I was like, well... I should probably fix that. So, you know, the very least I have to, you know, not all my windows move around and I can shut things down quickly if I need to. Um, yeah. And, you know, because my like mouse is a Logitech, it's little wires, wireless receiver is plugged into the studio display. So like the, the mouse didn't work to like shut down the computer. Right. It was, it was like, Oh, this isn't hooked up right at all. And so I got some, I've ordered some of these now. Um, and I, I will deploy them when I redo under my desk over the holiday. And maybe I can report back next year. I want that as a future more power user episode. I want pictures before and after, and I want to hear the whole like sort of deal. Or maybe yeah. we'll even do that as a feedback. I I just feel like I want to I want to get inside your head as you recable. Mm. I just I need that. Well, you know what? There's not any of under my desk. There's no uh, gaff tape. Gaff tape. No gaff yeah, tape. No. no well, gaff you know tape. there isn't there isn't on mine either now because of these channels. These channels yeah. like cure all since the only thing. <laughs> okay, wait a second. Um, so the channels I recommend are, I think they're about 10 or 14 inches long. They, they're not very long. And I bought two of them and there was a gap between them. Mm -hmm. So I took black gaff tape and just kind of stretched it across the gap. You made so if a you look bridge underneath, out of gaff tape. Yeah. I made a gaff, a bridge. Yes. So there is some gaff tape. But Incredible. Not, yeah. Not, not the historical gaff tape. <laughs> and the bongo ties are going to solve the gaff tape problem of going up the leg of the desk. So yeah. I'm... I'm I'm slowly becoming Hackett compliant. That's good. That's good. All right. One more thing for your, your office. Uh, this year, Elgato released a new device called the Elgato Prompter. It's really fun. Uh, teleprompters, uh, to the extent a teleprompter can be fun. <laughs> but, you know, Elgato, they, they just do a good job. They, they make stuff 
that works. And yeah. you know, they're right in the sweet spot. You and I have bought several of their products over the years. I got a ton of they it. just yeah, they did a teleprompter right here. It comes with a bunch of little uh, screw mounts for your camera so you can screw it on and then it just slides on. But it also has a, a, a drape that you can put over like a webcam. It's like no matter how you want to use a camera on your computer, this thing will work with it. It's got software. You know, one of the big problems with teleprompters is you have to have software that reverses the direction of the of the software in order for it to appear right when you look at the teleprompter. Mm-hmm. This does it automatically. Any software you put on it, um, I use it because I make stuff as Max Sparky, but a lot of people don't make videos like I do. But uh, what a lot of people do is Zoom calls. And yeah. this thing is a Zoom powerhouse. You you put it over your camera, and then you just put the Zoom window in front of it. And so then whenever you do Zoom calls, whether it's work or friends or whatever, you constantly are looking at the lens when you're talking to people, and you don't have that weird thing where you're looking off to the side as you're doing a Zoom call. And uh, if you've got, you know, if you've got a big uh, fancy corporate person in your life, uh, they're going to love this because it'll make them look better on their Zoom calls. And it's not that expensive. It's like 300 bucks, but I mean, in the world of teleprompter, that's very reasonable. And it's just great. And it runs on one cable, one USB-C cable. It gets a power and data. You plug it into your Mac. It's very easy to set up. I, I feel like, you know, once again, Elgato hit it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I've got one on order. I was a little late to it, and now mine ships in December. But uh, very much looking forward to this. I have a Sony. Sorry to look. I think it's a ZV-1 uh, yeah. mounted, and it goes into an Elgato little capture USB thing. USB thing, And yeah. I want that for this because I'm looking to do some more video stuff in the new year, kind of pick that back up. And uh, I want something a, a bit more turnkey. And, and really, your setup sort of inspired this where I, you're doing a lot of video for the labs and you can very quickly like hit a couple of buttons and be ready to go. And I don't have that. And so this is going to be part of that for me to either have text there or because it's another screen, you know, I could have what I'm talking about there where I can see it and I'm not looking off to the side at the monitor, that sort of thing. Yeah. My only uh, negative criticism is that if you put a white screen on it, and so the way that uh, just to explain the prompter, a lot of people haven't used these things. It's an led screen that reflects off a 45 degree angle piece of glass. Mm -hmm. So the screen is below it, but it reflects. So if you look at the glass, you see it. And, um, and then the camera is behind the glass and it's one way glass, you know, like when they, uh, you know, when they're investigating, when they're uh, questioning the, the criminal defendant, they got the one way glass. It's kind of like that. Is that true? I mean, I know you didn't do like criminal law, but that's a thing, right? That, That is totally a thing. That is totally a thing. I think it's there. Um, I, I did a, a summer in the public defender's office um, when I was in law school. And one of my, my old uh, uh, mentor public defender guy said, he says, that's just there to intimidate them. There, there's usually nobody behind it, but it's always there. <laughs> just, uh, but just way, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or somebody back there like watching a movie, but the, uh, either way, the, um, but so the way this works is it displays the led up and off the glass. What I've noticed is if you have a very bright screen, like if you have, like what I noticed on Zoom calls, when you have the attendees on it, that's always a white background. Then that makes the camera feed look a little milky. It like mm. affects what the lens sees. Because it sees the light put off by the exactly. white. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So if you get one of these things, make sure you put dark screen over okay. the top of it. Don't don't use white screens. But 
you know, that's just a teleprompter thing, but this thing is so easy and it's, it's plastic, which is a plus because I don't keep it on 24 seven. I just slide it on when I need it. Yeah. And then it's super light and, you know, Elgato, those guys, we, when we talked about it once, uh, a listener wrote me and said, you know, Elgato's full of like former Apple people. And I totally believe that, but I don't know if it's true or not. But just when you look at the way they make their products, it feels like that's probably true. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by NetSuite. If you have a business, you can probably relate to the fact that as businesses grow, cracks start to emerge. Things that you used to do in a week are now taking even longer, or that job that you used to be able to do you know, once a week in an afternoon, they're taking several days. You have too many manual processes and you don't have one source for truth. I certainly have been in that situation here at Relay FM over the years. And it's never a good feeling when everything is disjointed, too many processes in too many places. You want clarity and you want one place where all the important stuff happens. And that solution to untangling this disjointed feeling is NetSuite. It's a software company that has developed a cloud-based business management platform to help your team deal with key business processes like enterprise resource planning, financials, CRM, e-commerce, inventory, and more. I know that when we have had too many manual processes at work, getting work done feels harder than it needs to be, and I can't be as productive as I'd like. So if you want to make sure the cracks don't emerge in your business, there are three numbers to remember, 36,000, 25, and 1. There are 36,000 businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. And NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So get a customized solution for all your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need in one place. I know as a business owner, what a difference that can make when you have all your information in one place and how much easier everything operates when information is available. Right now, you can go download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist. It's designed to give you consistently excellent performance and it's absolutely free at netsuite.com MPU. That's N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com MPU. Go there to get your own KPI checklist and make sure your business is one that continues to thrive. Our thanks to NetSuite for their support of the show. All right. This last category Stephen put in called the sky's the limit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> okay. uh, I don't know why I did it. I thought it'd be fun to have something here at the very end. Yeah. That's just bonkers. Yeah. I'm going to save yeah. my big one for last. Uh, so yeah, do you, you want to you you really take this win. first? Yeah. You, 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 you got the magic of this category. I didn't, I, I struggled with this one, but the, uh, so I, I've got a couple expensive things. Um, the first one is, you know, those of you that have heard me talking about this stupid bamboo X1 carbon printer, I love my 3D printer. It's so fun. Uh, this is not a, uh, if you're looking for it to make economical sense, it doesn't, you know, making plastic storage out of a, you know, $1,000 plus printer doesn't really work, but it's fun and I'm enjoying it. And uh, 
if you've got a maker nerd in your life, or if you are a maker nerd, uh, this might be a nice, you know, high end gift. Yeah. And I would recommend the bamboo so heavily. Um, I know Steven has a different manufacturer. The bamboo to me feels like kind of the apple of this, this bit, like Mm -hmm. they make it, everything works together. You buy the stuff from them. And I don't really want to be a 3d printer, uh, maintenance guy. I just want to be a 3d printer maker guy. Like I, I've had one problem with this printer when I used non bamboo filament and it got all plugged up. I sent bamboo 30 bucks. They gave me a new part. I replaced it myself and I was back back mm-hmm. running and it's just the the whole system works that way and i know that's one of the big complaints about it that it's like a walled garden of 3d printers but that's what i wanted so i'm very happy with that i spec'd out a, a macbook pro for this yeah you did and this is not even the most expensive did. thing in this section <laughs> i am not upgrading to the m3 um but if i were this is what i would buy okay yeah m3 max 14 core CPU, 30 core GPU. So this is not the high end, high end. It's like the, the middle M3 max. Okay. All right. Uh, 96 gigabytes of unified memory. You're already here. You, you might put, as well. Put a pin in that. I want to talk about that in a minute, but okay. <laughs> uh, eight terabytes of SSD. As you do. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Casey listed it too on his new one. So I'm not, I'm not alone. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I don't know if I said it, but a 14 inch. I love the 14 inch size. Um, I know people who like who have the 16 for specific reasons really like the 16, but for me, the 14 is just the perfect balance of it's a big enough screen that I can edit shows on as a laptop comfortably, but it's not this giant thing in my bag. Um, I just I adore the size. I think Apple nailed it with the 14 inch. Yeah, I think that's the default, right? You have to have a reason to go to 16. Yeah. But you you put it you 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 went all of this trouble to build it out. How tempted were you to just buy it? Uh, well, it was sixty two hundred dollars. So yeah, so that that not helps. that tempted. Uh, <laughs> that's not so my current machine is an M two Pro with thirty two gigabytes of memory and eight terabytes SSD, and that was an expensive machine. But it wasn't this expensive, and yeah. uh, there's no reason to, for me to go from an M2 Pro to an M3 Max. But uh, if I were, oh, oh, and late breaking news, I think it actually do space black. I saw one in, in an Apple store yesterday, and it's pretty good. It's not, it's not black. Like it's not as as dark as the keyboard. Well, you know that that really dark yeah. aluminum around the keyboard. I wish it was. My guess is. Fingerprint situation would be pretty bad on that, even with their new coding. But it is way darker than space gray. So if you think about a continuum where silver is on one end and space black is on the other, space gray is dead center. Like it is a lot darker than space gray. And it seemed like, I mean, this is an Apple store model. Like people are like touching it all the time. Um, really no fingerprints. And I tried it, you know, like it, it seems pretty fingerprint resistant, especially compared to the midnight on the MacBook air that finish while beautiful fingerprint magnet. So I think I would do space black, which is not what I expected. I've done silver for a long time. My current one is silver. I think it's classy. It's like the traditional color, but that space black was pretty cool. Yeah, well, see, I'll, I saw one too, and I agree. I think they look nice, um, but man, it just makes me wish they used actual colors. You know, we we keep saying it, but the fact that you made a black one and everybody's losing their mind. What if you 
made an orange one. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A couple questions. Uh, first of all, you said 96 gigabytes of unified memory. Why do you need so much RAM? You're already, you're already there with the max chip. Um, I actually don't have the configurator open. Let me see. The, this chip made default to 48. Um, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to build one real quick as I talk, but yeah. I've got 32 now. And like, I don't have any trouble with it, but I I feel like, you know, you're going to upgrade this thing. You might as well yeah. just go for it. But going all the way to the top to the 128 is truly bonkers. So it, it seemed like this was the, the oh, so it defaults with 36 gigabytes and yeah. then it goes up to 96. Now, if you do the bigger N3 Max, it starts at 48. So I would, if I was really buying, I would probably price compare those two because it probably comes out in the wash, but, um, you know, 90, 90, I wouldn't want to do 36 just because I've got 32 now. And if I'm upgrading, I want to actually upgrade. Yeah. I, I have 32 and I can tell you, cause I looked at 32 or 64 when I got mine and I don't regret getting the lower Ram build. And I was putting a bunch of money into the, the storage. I think, yeah. you know, if money is an object, which it is for, for most of us, but not in this topic. Cause the sky's the yeah, limit. Okay, that's true. That's true. You got me there, buddy. <laughs> But I'm just saying for if you're buying one at home, I would put more money into storage and less money into RAM. I, I think it, even for everything I do, 32 gigabytes seems to be yeah. just fine. Um, and then the other thing that I got thinking about, uh, I saw um, MKBHD, uh-huh. uh, Marquez Brownlee, who is a very nice gentleman. I met him at the um, at the Apple event too. But is he he's the coolest bullet. He's the coolest person in tech journalism. Yeah, he wins. He wins for sure. So uh, cool. But he he did, he was saying that he's going to keep his M1, and yeah. I, it really got me thinking about this. And we had Apple's earnings call, um, and I did a blog post on this. But the Apple had its earnings call said that Mac sales were down. Everybody's losing their mind over it. But I've been saying this for a while now. I feel like the Apple Silicon is like the iPad. It is everything on one chip, it's going to work great and it's going to work a long time. And I think people are going to keep these computers a long time. I just don't think people will be upgrading as much. Like, you know, you don't need to go from an M2 to an M3. You probably don't really need to go from an M2 to an M5. I mean, I I think that they're going to get better incrementally, but I think these computers starting with the M1 are great computers. And and I, you know, it, it's going to affect uh, the bottom line for Apple a little bit. I don't think they're going to sell as many Macs, but that's a good thing because they're so good that we like to keep them. And that means we're going to want to buy another one when we do get around to it. So I think Apple's on the right track, but I also think it means we're going to get more services sold to us. I don't <laughs> think our our long uh, our long five gigabyte free data thing is going to change anytime soon. Probably not. <laughs> yeah your 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 insane pick was truly insane but it's kind of awesome i i had to match you sort of so i decided okay money's no object uh i'm gonna buy my wife because she would really like this a life-size r2d2 okay i haven't opened this link yet i saved it to be on the air yeah oh dude this is beautiful yeah <laughs> oh it is life size. there's a person staying next to this it is it's life size means life size yeah wow and it's, it's on uh, a little platform it's more expensive than the macbook pro but not that much more expensive <laughs> yeah it's only seventy six hundred dollars 
comes with a little remote so you can make him beep and warble and stuff. But yeah, he doesn't good. roll around. He's he's stationary. Yeah. Um there there is a whole community around uh building your own droids. Mm-hmm. And you can actually build your own for far less than that. And and we have a couple listeners into it because when I announced I had a three D printer, they started sending me the links. And I am aware of this community. And like I have like thought about it and I always like get to the edge and step back. I could see myself at some point in the future when I have more time building my own, but you know, just buying one and sticking in the corner is kind of nice too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. I spoke at a, a maker fair at the Henry Ford museum years ago. That's where all yeah. my IMAX ended up. If you remember that. Yeah. And as part of the maker fair, there was a group that like built their own R2D2s and it was, yeah. it was so cool. And they were all like slightly different and they all moved and like rolled around and stuff. But, Oh yeah. That's a cool, that's a cool subculture to me. Yeah. It's a really nice community and they have like a couple websites where they all like help. Like if, if I went and decided to do it, they would give you all the information you need. And like, like some of them are like aluminum parts and some of them have like uh manufacturing ability to say, well, I'm going to print a set of domes. If you want to get in on it, let me know and I'll sell you one, you know? Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the harder stuff to do, they kind of work together and they, of course they build not just R2, they build all of the star Wars droids. Yeah. And you know, there's people who have figured out the electronics and all that, but every time I get close to it, I'm like, I am so busy. This is not something I have time for right now. Um, but someday maybe, or maybe someday I'll just buy the one that goes in the corner from, uh, from sideshow. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But uh, the other piece of it for me is like, if I made one of those things, I have a small house. Where would we even put it, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so I, I had to match you, but but you definitely win. So tell us, Stephen, your your all bets are off pick. Yeah, so we, we spoke, spoke earlier about my love of Toyota. Uh, so my sky is no limit gift is an Icon Toyota FJ40. Icon is this super cool company out actually out near you in LA and they remanufacture like classic trucks. And so they have a Bronco. I think think the Ford Bronco is their first one. I love the first gen Bronco, but the FJ 40 is something special. It's like, is like Toyota's answer to the Jeep. And um, so I spec'd one. So the starting price before any options is $195,000. <laughs> uh, I saw that and I just laughed. Yeah. So I would do Pacific Blue, which is like this really kind of nice blue-gray, dark blue-gray color. Uh, I would do the color-matched wheels because you just have to on a classic vehicle. Um, I think I would do the gray hand-tailored bikini top because, you know, yeah, you, you this is an open-air vehicle, right? You don't want to be yeah. in this if it rolls over, but... Yeah. It's it's basically a Jeep. Yeah, you don't need the thing to cut yourself out of this 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 no, car. No, you're you're you've been yeah. shot out of this thing at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh you can do LED headlights, which is cool. Uh you can set different interiors. I think the their new school interior looks really nice. Uh forward facing rear bench seat. They do have two rear jump seats, but I want people, you know, facing forward, I think. Um Yeah, yeah. They're they're all powered by a six point two liter V eight, not what was in the FJ in the beginning, but they have yeah. you know a modern yeah. drivetrain under it, uh, locking diffs, sort sport sport suspension, ceramic coated exhaust, lockable storage in the back because this thing's just open, right? So you got to have some storage, um, so yeah. your stuff doesn't get doesn't get ripped off. Um, 
obviously a fire extinguisher and an air compressor. And they have a really nice audio package. So you can get CarPlay in this thing uh, if you want to. This doesn't tell you what the final price is. The button says submit for quote. I may have just built a $300,000 truck, but (laughs) you'll know if I hit the lottery. Nothing in my life would change if I won the lottery, except I would have one of these in my garage. Everything else would be the same. I'd pay my house off. I'd buy an icon. And, uh, and, you know, I just, I still be doing my shows and hanging out with people, but dang, this thing speaks to me. I like that. You kind of have an in game thing here. You know, yeah. I think that's cool. And I will tell you that, um, the reason I was fascinated when you sent this is I didn't know, have any idea how much they cost, but, uh, we have a Toyota in the house. I took it in for service recently and they had one of these in the lobby. Oh, that's cool. At the Toyota dealership. I don't know why. Cause it's not made by Toyota, but it was there yeah it start i mean i think they start life as an fj they have different like this company is so bespoke right you can uh basically build what you want and uh they have like a derelict one which is basically you bring your own again they got the bronco which is really cool too um but yeah this this it is really i mean i look at this i'm like this is the car for steven yeah sure I mean, and this is in game, right? This is you buy this and you this is your vehicle. Like, you know, this is not something you drive for eight years and then sell. This is something you have for life. Yeah, it's funny because I am like tending the exact opposite direction. I don't have a car. My wife and I share a car, but she primarily drives it. And I've been thinking recently, but although I don't think I'm gonna do this, it's like I'd like to get like a beater old like truck or a jeep or something just a beater like something that you know doesn't have any of the modern comforts but is just good enough to get me around town and maybe to the lumber yard once in a while Mm -hmm. and and uh i go back and forth on because i'm like ah but then i'd have to have another thing to insure and i'd have to to get the get the oil changes and the tires and all you know it's like all that all that headache that comes with it yeah it's like when if i really just wanted to go get a bunch of plywood i could go to home depot and rent a truck for 20 bucks and Right. return it in the afternoon it, it doesn't make sense but but like yeah a car like this would be really fun yeah i mean it it costs more than my house but yeah it's super cool <laughs> although i will say you know since you showed this to me i've been paying attention to cars and like the modern broncos kind of have this vibe to them yeah it's they did a good job on the bronco the the retro look on it is is really cool there's several of them now out there that kind of have this feel like, mm-hmm. and Jeeps, of course, which this is based on. Yeah. And have you ever thought about just like buying one of those? You could, you could afford that. Yeah. But I don't think I'm a Jeep person. Uh, I drove, yeah. I rented and drove a Jeep, uh, in Colorado last summer when I, my wife and I went on vacation for our 15th wedding anniversary. Yeah. If you drive a Jeep, skip forward 30 seconds. Uh, it, I, it drives terribly. Like, yeah. And this FJ probably doesn't drive like a dream either, but yeah. the Jeep, like everything's rattling and it was a rental car. So like it's been bombed out. Right. You know, I get it, yeah. but I wouldn't want a daily something like this. Um, but really like there's a lot, I mean, my wife would murder me if I, we were a three car family. There's no way that that would, yeah. that would fly. Yeah. But the modern, the modern Broncos look nice. And then app, I'm sorry, then Toyota used to make the FJ cruiser, but I don't think they make that anymore. They don't, uh, but it's rumored they're going to again. A buddy of mine has an FJ Cruiser and loves it. They're, they they were not cool when they were around. Like, no, they, they were kind of made fun of, but now they're cool. And the value has gone way up on an FJ Cruiser. 
Oh man, I'm looking right now. 2011 FJ Cruiser, 38 grand. Yeah, it's nuts. They've skyrocketed, especially nice ones. Yeah. So yeah, I um, yeah, I could see myself wanting one one of those or something. But honestly, I don't need a car. Yeah. I just we're fine with one car. It works. I work from home, so it's all good. But yeah, man, I'm with you. If you know what, if I hit the lotto, I'm gonna buy two of these. You get one for me, <laughs> yes. one for you. Awesome. I don't buy lotto tickets, so I'm not sure how useful it is. <laughs> if it just if happens some, to you. <laughs> you know what? If I suddenly find myself flush with cash. Okay. With that kind of cash, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind, you're getting one. Deal. I'm getting you one. I like it. No, same. Right. We'll we'll have a, a mutual agreement here. Same. Okay. I guess that does it for the gift episode of the Mac Power Users 2023. Steve and I are going to gift each other some very expensive cars one day, hopefully, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, you know, before we go, uh, another thing you could do for people that have everything is you could make a St. Jude donation and give them a note that says, hey, I made a big St. Jude donation on your behalf. Yes. I've done that for uh, some friends, and they love it. They love the gift. So that's another good one, right? Absolutely. Year-round. Yeah. Not just in September, but year-round. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that money's going to a good place. Uh, we are the Mac Power Users. You can find us at relay.fm slash MPU. Thank you to our sponsors, 1Password, Clean My Mac X, Indeed, and NetSuite. We'll see you next time.